Hello and welcome to the introductory episode of Tower Junkies, a Dark Tower podcast presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. Tower Junkies is a podcast discussing Stephen King's magnum opus, The Dark Tower, and related topics. Um, for all intents and purposes, I am your din for this podcast. My name is Matt Hurt. Um, my friend Tiny and I started the Obsessive Viewer podcast back in 2013, and... Uh, We've been podcasting ever since. Uh, that has branched out into several different things. We have a sister site uh, devoted to book reviews called Obsessive Book Nerd. We have a, uh, a Tiny has a spinoff podcast called uh, The Secular Perspective. I have my own solo podcast called The Anthology, where I talk about The Twilight Zone and other science fiction anthology shows in classic science fiction. Um, and yeah, so so it's it's kind of become this big thing and now we're branching out even further to create a dark tower podcast because tiny and I are massive fans of the dark tower. We kind of, we've come to an agreement where it's, it's essentially, it's essentially both of our favorite thing of, of any fandom of any, of anything that we're fans of. It is the one thing that we love more than any any other. So it just makes kind of sense that we would start a separate podcast devoted specifically to the Dark Tower. And this is something that kind of came about because on the Obsessive Viewer uh, in the months leading up to the release of the movie, um, we were talking a lot on the mic and off the mic about about the Dark Tower as a whole and about Stephen King. And so it's just this, this idea for us, for a separate podcast devoted to the Dark Tower and Stephen King is just, it's something that's been festering. It's been kind of gestating for a while and, and now we're finally pulling the trigger on it. So I wanted to record this, this episode just as an introduction, just to get something out there and just to get, uh, get people acclimated to what this podcast will be and have you guys expect what have a good idea of what's to come essentially. Um, as for right now, it's just me on the mic here today. Um, you will be hearing a, a discussion that tiny and I had a few weeks ago in the lead up to the movie coming out. Um, I'll end the podcast with, I'll end this episode with that recording. So you'll get a sense of, you know, our history with the, with the dark tower and our history with Stephen King and get a sense of how we relate to each other and how we, how we, uh, how we are on the mic and our chemistry and everything. Um, but before I get into that and before I, before I leave you guys off with that, I just wanted to give you guys a breakdown of the types of episodes that you'll see on this podcast. Um, like I said, this episode, this, this podcast itself is devoted to, uh, the dark tower and related topics, which is kind of going to be an umbrella thing. It's going to be our main discussion is going to be, and our main focus is going to be the dark tower, but we're going to go into, uh, we're going to go into the actual the actual book discussions. We're going to read the books um, in segments and then have discussions each for each segment. And then we're also going to talk about any news or uh, any news regarding a TV or any upcoming TV or movie adaptations. Um, anything anything in regards to that. We're going to have just general series discussions about just concepts and characters and locations and, and mythology and everything related to the dark tower. Um, those are going to kind of be the, the, the most frequent episodes I would think, cause they're just basically free form topic driven discussions. 
And then we're also going to talk about, um, in the future at least, we're going to talk about uh, the comic book series and, and books from Stephen King's bibliography that relate directly to The Dark Tower and, and that are referenced in The Dark Tower. And then we're also, at least I'm going to be doing, um, I'm going to be reviewing each of Stephen King's books um, that aren't Dark Tower related, just as a personal project for me, because it's always been... Uh, my goal to read everything Stephen King's written. So this will be a good platform to go through that and, and read and reread the, the work that I've, uh, that I've already, um, consumed and everything. So with it being, um, oh, and we're also going to be doing movie and TV reviews of Stephen King adaptations that aren't related to the Dark Tower. So we have a lot of different types of episodes that are going to be coming out and on this and on this RSS feed and in this iTunes everything. It's it's gonna be this podcast is gonna be filled with a lot of different things for a lot of different listeners. So I just wanted to give this introductory episode to give a breakdown of each one specifically and how you'll know which episode is is which which uh which category essentially. So probably the most frequent one, as I said, will be the general series discussion episodes. Um, you'll see those on the RSS feed as having the word palaver before them because they're just mostly going to be tiny and I, and maybe a guest or two or however many, just having a general palaver about the podcast or about the series and, and the mythology of the dark tower and everything as a whole. So these will be often spoiler filled um, and we'll just use those episodes to kind of broadly discuss the different themes, characters, events, and mythology of the Dark Tower universe. And the kind of, um, the atmosphere will be just a kind of free form topic driven discussion. So I have a whole list of, of potential topics to cover. We'll talk about the Crimson King. We'll talk about Arthur Eld and, and the kind of lore of Gilead. We'll talk about the Tet Corporation versus the Somber Group. Uh, we'll have an episode dedicated to Walter O'Dim, Man in Black, Randall Flagg, of course. Um, we'll also talk about John Farson, Patrick Danville, Dandelo, uh, Stephen King's inclusion of himself in the series. Um, I mean, the, this list is endless. <laughs> um, uh, I also have an idea for an episode just talking about the differences between Frank, uh, Frank Mueller's and George Goodell's audiobook narrations and everything. And we'll also have some, some fun episodes like merchandising wish lists. If, uh, for like us to talk about like what kind of merchandise we would want in the future in assuming that the dark tower became this huge, multimedia phenomenon at some point akin to game of thrones which given the given the uh given how the movie turned out i don't know how close that will be to happening but we can always dream uh well of course we'll we will of course talk about uh roland deshane in the cotet and his former cotet and uh, like we'll talk about everything um in these episodes and you'll know them by having the word palaver before them and next up, we'll be talking, uh, another big part of this podcast is going to be our discussion of the main books one by one. So the main book series discussion, we are going to cover um, each of the main books from the Dark Tower series, books one through seven, plus Win through the keyhole. Um, those episodes are going to be titled Kef, because it's going to be us just sharing our Kef, and it's, it's you know, um, it's the meat of the 
of what this podcast is going to be about. Um, these are going to be book club style episodes where we discuss each book in the series. Each book will be divided into separate sections and each section will have a dedicated episode. So for instance, uh, the gunslinger is going to be broken up into its five chapters and we're going to be discussing them one by one in separate episodes. Uh, these episodes will include myself, uh, my co-host, my co-host Tiny, and one reader who has not read the Dark Tower series before. Um, we're going to have um, our longtime uh, guest on the Obsessive Viewer podcast, Robert Feckus. He's gonna he's he's gonna come on the show for us and uh, discuss the book club style episodes for our Kef episodes. And so I'm really excited for that. And then. Probably after we finish reading the reading the series proper for the podcast, um, we'll go into the comics discussion, and those those will also be titled Kef. Um, we'll just be going through and discussing Marvel's comic book series based on the Dark Tower. Um, each episode will cover will cover a specific section or a, a specific collection from the comic book series, and I'm really looking forward to that because I've been reading the comic series lately and just the amount of backstory and world building and um uh detail that it goes into about about everything that happened from Magus to uh Jericho Hill is just fascinating and I can't wait to get into that. So my excitement for that might cause us to like jump ahead a little bit and maybe read some of the comics between between books or, or something. Cause it's just, it's just that exciting to me. Um, we will also have episodes that are devoted to, um, the related books of, of Stephen King's universe. So it would be basically the books that have, uh, that directly connect with the dark tower universe. Um, these episodes are going to be single episode reviews. You'll know which you'll know what type of episode it is because I'll, uh, I'll title the episodes, Black 13. Um, basically, this is going to be standalone single or I'm sorry, these will be single episode reviews of Stephen King novels that directly connect with the Dark Tower universe. Um, these would be standard book review episodes with a discussion at the end dedicated to how the book relates to the Dark Tower and how the Dark Tower um, uh, references it and, and all that. And then, as I mentioned before, I'll be going through Stephen King's non Dark Tower related books, um, basically going through his bibliography um, in, in, in chronological order, essentially, there's no set time frame for how these, uh, how these episodes will come out. They'll just kind of come out as I come, as I go through this, uh, go through his, uh, book series. But, uh, I'm going to title these episodes as Merlin's Grapefruit. And these are going to be standalone book reviews of non-Tower Stephen King books. Uh, these episodes will likely be just me on the mic. Um, covering each non-Tower King book. Um, depending on the book and depending on, on scheduling and everything, I may have co-hosts on for it. Um, we'll see. Um, and then similar to that, we'll also have standalone review episodes for Stephen, Stephen King movie and TV adaptations. Um, these reviews and these episodes will be titled Todash. Um, these are standalone review episodes covering movies and TV shows adapted from Stephen King's work. If they relate to the Dark Tower or have any connections to the Dark Tower or references to the Dark Tower, or we want to theorize about their connection to the Dark Tower, um, there will be a discussion about that at the end of at the end of that episode. And usually, that will likely be me and Tiny 
Um, but we may we may have on a it may just be me and Fekus or me and another another guest. Um, and the frequency of that, I'm not sure how frequent we'll get those episodes out. And then finally, um, we will have episodes dedicated to news and reviews of uh, Dark Tower TV or movie adaptations. So these episodes will be titled Doorway Cave. And this is basic movie and TV news and review episodes to discuss any news uh, that breaks out about any potential Dark Tower adaptations or the future of the current Dark Tower adaptation and uh, and review any anything of it. So we will have an episode uh, reviewing the Dark Tower movie. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to do that. I might cut together um, our Obsessive Viewer episode. Um episodes actually we reviewed we took two episodes to review that uh, that movie and then kind of cut that together and and put put it in this feed here or we may have have just a general uh dark tower specific review of the the movie on the podcast but those episodes will be titled doorway cave and uh as far as the frequency for this podcast and and the kind of long-term plans and everything since this is our third podcast um on obsessiveviewer.com i'm i'm not i'm not going to be able to guarantee any frequency of releases i'm going to shoot for one episode a month um i want to get an episode released on the 19th of each month i'm recording this on august 19th 2017 um and then that that will be the goal for this podcast, but I'm sure that we'll fit in some palaver episodes and, and other episodes in between, uh, the monthly podcast, but I'm hoping that we can get that, uh, get it up and running. And I hope that you guys enjoy it, enjoy it and subscribe and, and check it out and everything. Once again, you can find us on, uh, Twitter, Facebook at, uh, tower junkies pod, you can find the website at towerjunkiespod.com and you can uh, send us an email at matt at obsessiveviewer.com. Um, I should probably also get an Instagram account. I just thought of that. I'll do that today. Uh, so follow us on Instagram, probably at towerjunkiespod. And uh, yeah, so now that I've given a rundown of, of the podcast and everything, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to uh, this recording of uh, me and Tiny talking about The Dark Tower, our expectations, our excitement, and everything for the movie that was coming out, um, and just our history with the series and, and talking a little bit about our, our love for the series. We will talk much more about it in more detail um, in the episodes to come. Um, once again, uh, like, subscribe, do all that stuff. Um, follow us and, uh, yeah, we hope you like it and we hope you stick with us. Just so you know, we will be spoiling, um, several elements of the Dark Tower series, um, in this discussion. So if you haven't, um, read the Dark Tower or you haven't completed the Dark Tower, <laughs> and you do not want to be spoiled, go ahead and stop listening to this podcast now and then uh, catch us on an episode where we won't spoil anything. Um, yeah, because this is a series that you definitely do not want to be spoiled on. So, um, yeah, So, and if you have listened to it, feel free to listen to our discussion and let us know what you think. Thank you. So, Tiny, we have spent... The last, 
honestly, we've probably we've spent the last seven years, yeah, thinking about a Dark Tower movie adaptation of some kind. How do you feel right now on August first, twenty seventeen? Here, just a couple days away from actually seeing the movie. Um, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic as well. Um, I'm, I'm, th- I'm trying to think about it from all these different vantage points or, or like, like trying to contain my biases and whatnot. And, um, I'm trying to think about like how I'm going to react to it and how I'm going to feel about it. And I'm very optimistic in that regard. I think there's, mm-hmm. even if it's not a good movie, just the, the visual representation of these things that I've been picturing for the better part of a decade is just going to be really incredible to see um, yeah. people using the language and the the guns, seeing the guns themselves and seeing, seeing mid world and all that stuff. It's just going to be incredible for me. But then I'm trying to think about how, how our critics going to respond to it, yeah. how our audience is going to respond to it. Is it going to make any money mm-hmm. trying to think about all that stuff. And, and if I'm being honest, I, th- I think it's going to have a very middle of the road response. I don't think it's going to tank or anything, but I don't think it's going to run off like Guardians of the Galaxy did, you know? Oh, yeah. It's, I, it's, it's not going to make hundreds of millions. It might, it might make a hundred, 150, maybe two. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I would love for it to make 150. Oh, um, yeah. Even a hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, just thinking about critics, they're, the critics are going to, are going to nitpick it because they're mm-hmm. not, they're, they're going to nitpick it more than I am because it's, 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 they don't have the same connection to it that I right. will, at least most of them anyways. Yeah. Um, so he just, says in a movie and TV review podcast yeah. where we do that very thing. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. That might come back to bite me in the ass, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to, to manage all my expect. It's, it's not, it's not like, it's not going, it's not like going to see a normal movie for us. Oh, exactly. Um, you know, we're, and I'm trying to manage my expectations for all those different criteria, all those different scenarios. Um, but I, obviously I'm wicked excited. Um, and they keep throwing out these little mini teasers and trailers on like, on like the website and like mm-hmm. Facebook and everything. Um, and promotion photos and stuff like that. Um, it's just exciting. And it, yeah, it's here. It's exactly. It's, yeah. it's, it's here. It's, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. There were some, things that have cropped up uh yeah first uh today actually um idris elba did a facebook live q a thing did you watch that by chance i didn't know okay it was pretty entertaining yeah um it was pretty cool like they um the dark tower facebook page posted something a couple days ago saying hey on august 1st at eleven fifteen am idris elba is going to be on facebook live answering questions go ahead and comment with your questions i couldn't think of any questions so um actually i went through the questions and saw that people were asking some pretty damn good questions so i figured yeah i don't have anything to add Mm -hmm. um so i actually watched it in its entirety on my lunch break today um it's only like 20 minutes long and it was really entertaining um like Idris Elba seems like such a cool guy, Mm -hmm. like such a cool, like, like friendly and, and kind of engaging guy. Um, and it's, it it was a lot of fun to watch him just kind of, uh, kind of 
play to an audience that he's not seeing. Like it's, it was clearly like, like he started off by saying that he, uh, he thought that it would be like a, or it feels like he's a talk show host. Yeah. And he had like a bunch of little like, um, uh, things to hold up with the, the different, uh, Facebook icons like like and, and the heart and the oh, smiley okay. face and stuff. So like he would use those as like props throughout it. And he had a ball that he was tossing around. So it felt very casual. Nice. Um, and the actual content of it was really inter- interesting because, um, like <laughs> it was kind of funny cause he, um, one of the questions was if you could play any other Stephen King character, who would it be? And he's like, to be honest, I don't know that many other ones. So he's not, I don't think he's that big of a Stephen King fan, but, um, but yeah, but he, he, he had some interesting things to say and a lot of interesting things to say about the making of the movie and everything. So I don't know. It's not like, it's not like he came to it as like a diehard dark tower fan or anything, but it seems like he enjoyed himself a lot. Nice. Um, and I kind of, I kind of get the impression that it's clearly like, and I mean, he even said this in the Q and a that it's, I mean, he took the movie because he wanted to do an action movie and be kind of an action hero. Yeah. Which, yeah. Um, which is fine. It's a, that's a great reason to do it, but not, not every single person in the world can be a Stephen King fan. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think if that's all you had for a project like this, I think it would get, a little convoluted. Yeah. You know, I mean, True. It, just imagine everyone be having that much fervor and having that much input. Mm-hmm. I think it would get a little messy. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about it's, it's hard for us to think about to not think of this as, as complex as the entire dark tower universe right. is. And so like, it's, it's hard for us to think that this is the first, like so many people are going to be watching this and experiencing this world for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so we're thinking about all the things they need to include in this first movie as fans of the entire universe. Right. Whereas, you know, you, you can't do that with the mm-hmm. first movie. It's, it's an introduction. And so I'm, I'm still a little worried about the runtime. Um, mm-hmm. I, read today in an article you shared that there was yeah. apparently a cut of the movie that was almost two and a half hours mm-hmm. the original cut or whatever that the director submitted yeah i don't know if that's true or not or whatever mm-hmm. but that worry hearing that worries me more than if he had just turned it in and it was like an hour and 40 or hour yeah, 45 or something i can like definitely that. understand that so but he's nikolai arcel has remained uh very positive throughout it mm-hmm. and he's commented how he feels supported and stuff like that so. yeah and they actually just released a uh, the Dark Tower, the Art of the Film book. <laughs> I went to Books a Million this this past weekend specifically to get it, or not to get it because I was broke, hmm. but to get my hands on it to look at it. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and uh, there was some stuff in it that uh, they were they were slight spoilers for the movie. Okay. So like, I know a little bit more than I would like to know, but okay. it's I mean it's it's the Dark Tower. I. I've read the series. I've now read the series twice and, you know, I'm very much aware of it, of all the pieces and everything. But first of all, nothing in it made me concerned. Mm -hmm. Like it actually made me very much, uh, very excited for it because it seems like it's, it's an adaptation that's going to respect the source material, material quite a bit. Um, from Mm -hmm. my taking of it, but, um, they talked a little bit about the production history with it, how it was originally going to be at Universal and how Ron Howard and, uh, Akiva Goldsman were were going to make it a movie series and, and with TV seasons in between. Um, and then how it went over to, I think I have those reversed, but I don't know. Anyway, it landed at Sony and MRC and they were talking about how difficult it was to, to, 
uh, adapt the movie or adapt the adapt the story and the premise and everything into a movie that would be accessible to a wide audience and be a good introduction to the whole series. And that's what I kind of think going into it that that's what they're going to be that 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 the that that's what they've achieved. I think one feeling that I that I will more than likely have with the movie is that it will feel like kind of overproduced sort of, mm-hmm. um, which kind of, I think when a movie's overproduced, it kind of has a feeling of, um, uh, in the article, they used a great analogy of having too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. That's a great analogy for it. But I think you can feel that on screen cause it feels like, uh, scenes are mashed together like there'll be like dialogue where it's like this this dialogue should have taken place in a different scene or like Mm -hmm. these people should have met individually instead of all as a group or you know it'll feel kind of mashed together that way and i have a feeling that there's going to be some issues there yeah Um, it's gonna it's gonna feel overproduced like there's too many too many people trying to inject so many things into Mm -hmm. it and it's gonna be for the wrong reasons it's not going to be because like oh i really love this part of the book or i love this line in the book so i really want it to be in the movie it's gonna be like no this will play better to the demographic we're trying to reach yeah that's what it's gonna be and that's it's that's just constant yeah it's it's a constant struggle between art and business you know yeah and there's always going to be those issues Mm -hmm. uh but it feels like you know with uh, all the producers involved and and uh stephen king having Mm -hmm. having veto powers if you will um it it feels like it could easily become a bit of a mess as a result of that yeah and i really hope that Nikolai Arcel, I really hope that since he's a, such a fan of the series, I really hope that he has enough input and enough gui- enough guidance or enough uh, influence influence yeah. uh, on the production to really make it more respectful than than what it could be. Because I could see it being just you know, you know, completely disregarding a lot of things. Michael Bayett. Yeah. 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 Oh God. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but I I think but the the thing that gives me in uh, gives me confidence in that regard is that like looking through the art of the film book it's not like it's not like they took things from the book and from the books and dumbed it down to from my perspective mm-hmm. like there are references to things and uh there are references to things and it's not like it's not like oh this is the thing from from the dark tower series. This is a thing from the dark tower series. And in that thing, it's this complex, complex group of people or complex kind of thing. Um, but we're going to make it Hollywood esque and make it like, okay, this kind of super handsome dude is going to play this character or whatever. Yeah. It's more like, okay, this is, yeah, this in the book, I'm like reading it. I'm like, yeah, that's how it's described in the, that's how it's described in the series is these people are the, are this thing. These people are this. And then that, Mm-hmm. Um, so that inspires some confidence in me. Okay. Um, so we've talked a lot over the years about her, uh, background with the, the series and everything. Just real quick before we get into what we expect out of the movie and what we want to see out of the movie. Cause this episode is going to be just book fan spoiler heavy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your, I guess what, what, like what's your, what's your history or I would even go so far as to say 
somewhat our shared history because we started reading it around the same time. Yes. Um, and we spent many shifts, many, um, working security just talking about the Dark Tower. Mm-hmm. Like that was eight hours every night. Yeah. For probably the year that we spent reading the books. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. it all goes back to the spring of 2000. Um, and <laughs> no, it really does. Um, that's when I read The Shining for the first time. Oh, nice. Uh, when I was in seventh grade, I believe. Uh, it was for, it was for school. Oh, wow. Which I don't know how the hell they let us read that book for right. school in seventh grade. Um, and I was like, wow, the Stephen King guy is awesome. And that's like, mm-hmm. I knew who Stephen King was. My parents were big fans. They had a bunch mm-hmm. of his books, but I just never read them. Mm-hmm. My parents didn't want me to. I was too young. And so I was like, I finally got to read The Shining for the school and absolutely loved it. I read, I read most of it in one night. It was one of those things. I said it was like three in the morning and it's awesome. Just loved it. Um, and so that summer I rode my bike to the library throughout like most of the summer and I read Christine and Misery and Tommy Knockers and, uh, Cujo and just, I just, I tried, I wanted to read like every Stephen King book they had at the library. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen, but that's when I started falling in love with Stephen King. Nice. And throughout my teen years in college and stuff like that, I kind of had heard of The Dark Tower, but I was like, oh man, it's like, it's like five books now or mm-hmm. it's like four books now and it's like all the, I don't know if I want to get into a big long series. So I avoided it forever. And then when we worked security, we had so much downtime. I was like, mm-hmm. this is the perfect time to do it. Um, yeah. and the gunslinger is, we've talked about it before. It's just a little, it's a little hard to get into. It's mm-hmm. kind of a rough introduction. Um, but it's, it's so much different than the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I liked the gunslinger. Uh, and in my reread, I liked it more, but it's, it's, it's just kind of a, it's just so different than the rest of the series mm-hmm. that I wasn't totally enthralled with it uh, after reading it. But then The Drawing of the Three became my favorite book um, yeah. of the series. And from there, it was just like, I am totally on board with this. And uh, it has turned into my favorite thing of all the things I like. <laughs> Movies, TV shows, paintings, sculptures, music. This is my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a desert island game. You can only take one thing with you. I would take the Dark Tower series. It's funny because my history with Stephen King and the Dark Tower is very similar to yours. Mm-hmm. When I was, not when I was in seventh grade, not in 2000, but probably 2003, when you and I were sophomores. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I just remember reading The Shining in my living room on my recliner in the middle of the day on a weekend. And then, um, my mom walking in with like groceries or something or coming home from work or something. And me just jumping like terrified, (laughs) um, because I was so engrossed in this book. Yeah. And then I didn't read Stephen King as, as heavily as, as you did or anything, but I would read books of his mm. and everything. And then I don't think I really, I don't think the dam really broke with me in terms of just consuming Stephen King books until probably when we were working security. Okay. Um, and right, right around when we started, uh, reading the dark tower. Um, like I had read the shining, um, I think I read, no, I read Under the Dome later because it came out later. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what else did I read of his prior to, oh, Salem's Lot and, mm-hmm. uh, Carrie, I believe. Um, but I've read some of the, some of his earlier ones and then like once I got into or, or I started putting my eye out for the Dark Tower and everything, 
probably the the thing that made me want to read the Dark Tower was knowing that at the time my favorite show was Lost, mm-hmm. and knowing that they were influenced by Stephen King and the Dark Tower, and they were huge fans of it. I wanted to check out the Dark Tower, and then that just I think the Dark Tower, or at least the Gunslinger, kind of opened the door to me to really just consume Stephen King's work and everything. So like I read 24 of his novels so far. I keep a list that I have like ranked like Mm -hmm. the Stephen King books I've read. Hang on. One, two, three. Yeah. 24 Stephen King books. Um, and that is my, my goal is to read all of them. Yeah. Um, before I die. Um, (laughs) And uh, also Pet Cemetery. Damn it. Jesus Yeah, Christ. I need to read that one. I've seen the movie. Oh, you've never read it? I've never read it. Oh, man. Yeah. It's uh, my advice to you is do not um, do not picture young family members <laughs> as characters in that book. No kidding. Yeah. Um, that book has like the um uh like it has the notoriety of like making me like almost breaking down in tears at work wow. like i i almost like i had to set the book down i was so it has probably out of the 24 stephen king books i've read it has one of the top 3 most emotionally impactful moments i've ever wow. read of his um yeah wild <sighs> Yeah, but anyway, so we started reading the Dark Tower, the Dark Tower series. I read the Gunslinger. I remember that I bought um, the little mass paperback um, box set of the first four novels in like a little tiny box uh, and everything. I have, I have the Drawing of the Three, the Wastelands, and Wizarding Glass. I still have those copies. I don't have the Gunslinger anymore. Uh, the first copy of the Gunslinger I ever read, I don't have that anymore which Hmm. is a shame i loaned it to someone and then that person was you know an agent of the crimson king (laughs) so i'm never gonna see that again um but anyway so i still have those those other three i've since collected all of the illustrated editions of the of the dark tower series i procured a copy of the original um, not, not the original, like, Gunslinger, but the unedited Gunslinger, mm-hmm. um, before the, uh, uh, revision and everything. And I have all of the first two series of comic books. And then I'm waiting for the drawing of the three series to complete to get mm-hmm. the omnibus and everything. Yeah. But anyway, I, like, I'm just, like you said, like, it's, it's my favorite thing too. Like, yeah. it's just, it's my favorite fandom it's the thing that i'm most the it's the piece of media that i've consumed that has therefore like that has in turn consumed more of my life than any other medium mm-hmm. media yeah. that i've that i've consumed yeah um yeah and it's just like it's something that's so pervasive in my mind every like i don't know if it's every day but like I'll see something that reminds me of it and then think, oh, yeah, that reminds me of The Dark Tower. And, um, I mean, I've read through the entire series twice. I, and it's just, it's something that's, I really wish I would have read through it more, <laughs> um, yeah. in that time. But it's, it's just something that's, it's like, like you said, it's my favorite thing too. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm actually, like, you know me pretty well, very well. Um, and like, I'm like, 
in my my hype for the movie, I'm like sitting there thinking like I I could get I could get this Dark Tower tattoo. Yeah, like, I could actually get like I ha- like I have an idea. I don't know if I would pull the trigger on it. <laughs> pull the trigger on it. Nice. Um, but like I have an idea for two very specific Dark Tower tattoos. Nice. That I might I might actually get. That's awesome. Before the end of this year. Very cool. Yeah. I have a half sleeve planned out. Do you? Yeah. See, that's the, like I was talking to my brother about it, and like he said something like, "You should get a tattoo," and I was like, "I would get a dark tower tattoo," and then he's like, or uh, he said something. I don't know. He said something, and then I was like, "But I feel like if I get a tattoo, I'd want it to be like a big, like something like big, like Fekus has the like, sleeves, yeah. yeah, have a presence, yeah, yeah." And then I started thinking about, oh my god. Do you, do you want to hear what I, what I was thinking? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I was thinking, and this isn't like substantial, like this isn't the, the big one or anything, but the idea is that I would get the, uh, like sign of Eld uh-huh. here on my left wrist. Yeah. Um, the inside of my left wrist and then the eye of the Crimson King on the inside of my right I wrist. I like it. Right. And then like down the road, if I wanted to get like, like something on my, on my upper arms, um, get like the my right one to be dedicated to kind of i'm kind of taking this from fecus's uh fecus's like two sleeves that he has uh-huh. but like the right one would be like stephen king villains okay like pennywise the crimson king uh, walter nice. um uh annie wilkes which i still think i i think that she is she and granted i'm only an hour and a half into it for the first time mm-hmm. but so far misery is one of my top favorite Stephen King books and it's also like Annie Wilkes is like one of the most terrifying characters he's ever written. Oh, totally. So, oh my totally. god, that book. Yeah. Um cuz she's so realistic. Yeah. And it's yeah. and it's she's a she's like a manifestation of like like a like a writer's insecurities and mm-hmm. his fears and his like the rabid fan. It's such a great book. Yeah, it is. Um but anyway, the left arm since it's since it has the sign of the eld mm-hmm. um have all the heroes and stuff nice. like you know, Stu Redman and Stu Redman, um, Roland, the whole quartet. Really, I would want to get the whole quartet. Yeah, on on my body. Right. Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah, Jack Torrance, of course. <laughs> Just kidding. He awesome. Would be on the right one. But yeah. So anyway, um, that's my idea. I actually, I Very really cool. think I might get those wrist ones. Um, nice. It's either that or like fake web shooters, so I can be Spider Man. <laughs> nice. Um anyway, anyway, so yeah, that's the Dark Tower for us and everything. So what are your expectations going into the movie? What do you expect? We don't have to go beat by beat, but what are you wanting to see in the movie and what are you hoping to see in the movie? Um I'm really hoping to see I'm 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 just hoping to see Easter eggs. Um mm-hmm. because because that that's the stuff that's for us like that's the stuff that's going to be there for the big fans. Yeah. You know, and and this isn't this isn't a this isn't Captain America or mm-hmm. Batman, you know, it's the Dark Tower so like it's it's an even more specific and much smaller fandom than Batman or Captain America so like right. these are like super specific easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Um so th- those will be fun but um I'm thinking back to like when I was reading the series I think I was either on like, I think I was on like the fifth book maybe or even mm. the sixth, and I hadn't bought. I have all of the illustrated versions of the mm. books. You, um, you got me into getting the illustrated editions. Yes, I think you let me read 
Maybe the Wastelands Illustrated Edition. Okay. Yeah. Could be. Um, but I, I was on the f- somewhere between four and six, mm-hmm. and I hadn't bought book seven yet. Okay. Because I knew that as soon as I got it, I was going to look through all the, and look at the pictures. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't want spoilers or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, of course, I was somewhere in there, and I saw it at, like, Barnes & Noble. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, screw it, and just pulled it off and looked at it. And there's a picture in there. It is my favorite illustration of all those seven books, mm-hmm. um, which I think there's only, like, 25 illustrations, maybe. There's not a ton. Yeah. For was... 4,000 pages, there's really not. You'd think there'd be, like, 50. Yeah. But there's, like, 30 at the most. Right. Um, my favorite one, it is of the Crimson King on his throne. Yes. And I remember like being at like the Barnes and Noble and like looking at that. And like, I looked at it for like five minutes Mm -hmm. and like, it was one of those moments where like, you kind of like everything else kind of melts away. And I was just like, Oh my God, this is insane. Like, this is just (laughs) crazy. And it's, this is like so much better than what I was envisioning. And like, just running through it, running it through my head and like, just that that's the reaction that I had to a picture. Yeah. And so there's going to be thousands of those hopefully in the movie, you know, like it's (laughs) literally a moving picture, you know, Mm -hmm. like if you think about how that's what a movie is, it's pictures put together really fast. And like, so there's thousands of them in movies. So like there's a thousand opportunities for me to have that same reaction. God, that is such an awesome way to say that. That is so cool. I know. (laughs) So like that's, I realize that's unrealistic. You know, there's yeah. obviously there's not going to be ten thousand moments like that for me. Right. I would die of a heart attack in the theater. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's a solid potential for that to happen to me twenty or thirty times mm-hmm. during this movie, and so oh, yeah. I know that there's no way that that's not going to happen at least mm-hmm. a handful of times. Yeah, and like seeing the shots of the of the tower in the trailer, yeah. it's like establishing shots. Yeah, it's like <sighs> the imagery looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Ugh. absolutely. So. For me, like, just the anticipation of that, like, mm-hmm. I know that that's going to be a special experience for me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, like you were saying, like, I can't, I can't be objective about it. Yeah. So, like, my expectations are I need to see some of that stuff. And I just don't know if I'm going to get a half dozen or 50 moments mm-hmm. like that. It's just, I'm just, either way, I win. Yeah. <laughs> so it's oh, great. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, I, Unfortunately, I wish the rest of my ex, like I said, I'm having to manage my expectations for so mm-hmm. many different outcomes and criteria and groups. And I, I'm expecting it to not, like I said, it's, it's not going to be Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not going right. to make $500 million. Yeah. Um, I don't, I really hope it makes enough money for there to be sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I, I'm worried that it won't. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm worried about the reception. I'm worried about all my friends who I've been telling about it for, years you know yeah. when i finally let Paige when fi- Paige finally watches it mm-hmm. like how what's she gonna think right you know um and just because I, I want people to like it that's the right. other thing i want to and i want people to like talk to me about it and be mm-hmm. like hey why do you like it so much or hey like i like this part in the movie is there more of that later on or mm-hmm. what happens with this character or, like what's this character really about i didn't really pick up on this part in the movie and just mm-hmm. i want to talk about it to people and i'm just worried that it's going to be received to a poor enough level that people aren't going to want to talk about it. Yeah. And that's, man. that's just what really worries me. That, you know? that is worrisome, man. Yeah. That would, God, that would suck. Yeah. Like, like when, when Lord uh, of the Rings was so popular, there were so many Lord of the Rings nerds who were 
beyond excited yes. to talk to all these new people about it. Mm-hmm. And like, I want to be that. Yeah. But I'm so worried that's not going to happen. Right. And that's, that like really worries me. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to be okay. Right. <laughs> I just want everybody else to be okay too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. And you're, uh, you're talking about, um, you, you talking about your favorite picture from from the mm-hmm. series and everything uh that reminds me of one of the ones that like instantly makes me like gets an emotional response out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when i think about it or when i see it it's that uh um it's yeah. after the battle of al Siento. yeah and it's just like they're they're like they're lo- i don't know if they're locking arms or they're kind of hugging and like kind of a huddle around the the tricycle and like the accompanying passage in that in that book uh, that accompanies that God damn, just the, the phrasing of it is so beautiful. Yeah. And it's just like, that's such a beautiful way to signal into essentially the last half of the book. Right. Um, where it's all just really quick and uh, it brutal. It is. Oh. Um, I, I've been listening to the audio books, mm-hmm. uh, leading up to the movie and I fell behind. And so like, I kind of mm-hmm. had to listen to the seventh book at, mm-hmm times where i didn't necessarily want to listen to it to get it oh, okay. i'll probably finish it tomorrow or thursday at the latest mm-hmm. so i'm like barely just getting it listened to yeah. and so the past couple of weeks i've been listening to it like while i'm cutting the grass and sure like, you know driving to work and stuff like that and so mm. there have been some very sad moments like you said it's it's yeah. pretty dark towards the end it's mm-hmm. the dark tower mm-hmm. um and so like there's a couple of moments specifically and like like i was outside cutting my grass just like bawling like a little bitch and like i'm like oh my neighbors don't see me nice and like another time i was like just driving on the interstate for work mm. and like someone was passing me and i was like oh, man, it's crying. <laughs> it was just ridiculous oh man that's why i love the comics oh yeah like the comics i almost had a bigger reaction to the comics than i did mm-hmm. like I, I i burned like way too much money because like yeah. i got i bought the first comic like i just want to see what's like mm-hmm. and just loved it and so like i ended up yeah like dropping like 80 bucks buying mm-hmm. the next six of them and because it was just like this is amazing like mm-hmm. I, you know you have your own visions for it and then you see it on paper and the art is so the great art is phenomenal yeah i'm about halfway through the first volume of the gunslinger born mm-hmm. and then i have the dark tower omnibus that basically covers the gunslinger i believe um and then i, I can't wait for them to you know release the yeah. drawing of the three, but I'm really excited to get into the gunslinger born. Cause that's wizard and glass. And then it's, you know, it goes on to after, after that, mm-hmm. I think I've read, I think I've read up to the end of the long road home, which is the second volume. And then after that, it's the, uh, fall of Gilead and yeah. the battle of Jericho Hill. I can't wait to read it. Jericho those. I, Hill is so good. I can't believe I haven't read them yet, yeah. <laughs> but I always wanted to like read the, read the series again first and then go into the comics. But, yeah. Jay um, Lee is the artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, just unbelievably good. Nice. His color palette. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, so yeah. So narratively and story wise, how are you expecting or wanting the, given everything, you know, and this is probably a terrible idea. You're sitting in the theater for the dark tower on Friday, I make some stupid joke right before the preview start. 
We sit through the trailers. Um, Just one joke. (laughs) I say something stupid. You regret ever becoming my friend in the first place. (laughs) And then the movie starts. What do you want to see? Like sitting there in the theater, like how do you want to see it play out? Because it's different from the series. It's not going to be a direct adaptation. It's a sequel. How do you want it to play out? Oh, man. You know, I... Hmm. I don't know. I really, I haven't laid it out myself because every, every time I think about how I would adapt it, it would be mm-hmm. relatively close to the books. And like, I've always thought the best medium for it would be TV. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to just see five seasons, 60 episodes on like HBO. Yes. And that that's what I would have wanted because it's, it's a long form story and it's, mm-hmm. it's just, I think it was just meant to be on cable television, but yeah, I'll take what I can get. Um, so it's hard for me to really think about it. I I think I think it's kind of cool that it seems like Jake is going to be our our in mm-hmm. to the world. That's how we're going to be introduced to the world. Right. You need to have some kind of anchor that 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 like I think keeps you attached to our world if you mm-hmm. will or keeps you rooted in the in the story and I think Jake will be good for that. Mm-hmm. Um which you know similar to Gunslinger, he meets Jake for fairly right. early on and like that's it's those two throughout the book and that's cool. Um and you know if what happens to Jake in the first book happens mm-hmm. to Jake in the movie, I think that would be really shocking. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't see them doing that. Really? I don't see them taking that kind of risk. I'm really holding out hope that they do it. Oh, uh, me too. I really do. Me too. Um, but I just, I don't see it happening. Um, and you know, for me, it's obviously the, with all the promotions has been this about, you know, the, the battle of good and evil, mm. death always wins. I'm kind of, yeah. I'm kind of sick of hearing that, frankly. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just kind of overplaying that a little bit. Mm. Cause that's, is that even in the book? Um, books. I don't think he says death always wins. I know that the, whoever walks with you dies by my hand line is from the books. Yes. But if he was saying death, yeah. but not for you, gunslinger. Yes, I I'd wish. I'd have a hard on right now. Oh yeah, like I, yeah, because that's a really famous line from the books for those yeah. of you who aren't familiar with I, it. I would much rather have that than yes. death always wins. Yes, yeah. Um, so there's going to be su- you know such a big focus on the battle between those two, and like I understand they need that from a marketing perspective and all that. You know, this is yeah. a business. I understand that, and they need that that core conflict for the movie. I understand why they're doing it, but like. I just, for me, the best part was the 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 brotherhood and the companionship between mm-hmm. the quartet and just the the way they form together as a group, mm-hmm. the way they interact with each other in the world, and, and just the world building itself. And I feel like that's going to be a little bit absent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I basically I'm I'm predicting that what I want isn't isn't going to be a whole ton of it in the movie. Sure. Um, as far as the, the story progression goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think it's going to be focused on this core conflict between the man in black and Roland, mm-hmm. and that's really not the core of the story no. in the books. And so it's going to feel a little foreign mm-hmm. for 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 us. Um, but again, I understand it, and I'm not pissed off about it. I it makes some sense. So yeah, but I I, I would have done the first movie very similar to uh the gunslinger I, mm-hmm. I would have let it be an introduction and yeah. you know i would have introduced the man in black and stuff mm-hmm. like that like you that 
makes total sense. And mm-hmm. I've always, I've always had a vision for like the first episode of the TV show, and it would be. I love the introduction to the book series because mm-hmm. it's just so. I just love the visuals of it. There's like no talking, and it's just. I just I would love to see the gunslinger's boot crunch down into the sand, and then we see the man in black's boots crunch down into the sand, and we see them running after each other into the. You know, he's chasing him into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the end of a western movie, but it's at the beginning. Yeah, and just. God damn. I don't. I, I just see it in my head, and like mm-hmm. that's not what's going to happen. See, yeah, I. My thought. Do you, Do you mind if I please go yeah. next? Because I haven't. I, yeah, that's a right away way of me saying I haven't thought about necessarily okay. what I would do for a movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure. But go back. Go to the website and look at how we would. Yeah, we wrote that years ago. Yeah, back um, in twenty June twenty thirteen. Was it twenty thirteen? Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, we wrote. We each wrote how we would adapt the Dark Tower. Yes. Um. I'll put links in the show notes and everything. So. But um. I'm curious what you have to say years. about this, though. Yeah, like your your comment about Jake being the audience conduit, which I think is mm-hmm. is going to be great because it's going to be it's going to be good if they do it right. It's going to be good for audiences who aren't familiar with the books to get their in and everything. Um, but like my, what I've said for years is that no matter what they can do anything that they want, as long as the opening scene is the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed carrying the horn of eld. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Like that as long as and I would love that visual representation of the opening scene being feet stomping on on sand mm-hmm. across the Mo- Mohane desert in, into the sunset and basically the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. Um I would love that like that is my that is my number one priority that that has to be the first scene of the entire movie. Like that like if that is not the case, then I will be supremely pissed off mm-hmm. because that in my head, there's no other way to start this franchise yeah. in the, in the film or television medium. There's absolutely no way. And we know that he has the horn of Eld. So that's been announced and everything. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's great. And so I'm hoping that that's indicative of that being the opening scene. My concern is that it's going to be opening scene. You know, I bet the opening scene is probably going to be Jake dreaming of or having a vision of the man in black and and the gunslinger. The doors. Yeah, no. I was just going to say it it'll probably be I this is my this is my prediction <laughs> is that the opening scene is going to be uh the man in black fleeing across the desert and the gunslinger following him. We're going to get a shot of the horn of eld. It's going to be, I'm hoping it's going to be that the way you described that it's going to be silent. It's going to be the end of the end of a movie at the beginning, essentially. And then cut to Jake waking up in bed or, or waking up from a trance or something and then drawing it and everything. And then it goes into that whole storyline where he's obsessing over it. Okay. And I'd be okay with that. I would be, I think that's, that'd be the best way. I think that'd be a really cool introduction. Oh yeah. I just don't foresee that. Really? I really don't. How do you think the opening scene is going to be? I I think we're going to get some stupid New York shit. Like that's, that's what I don't love about one, one of my huge issues with this is that, Mm -hmm. I mean, New York is hugely integral to the, mm-hmm. as a setting, isn't hugely integral to the series. Yeah. But, you know, 70% of it takes place in Midworld, probably more than that. Yeah. 
and it's looking like hardly any of this movie is going to be in Midworld. Yeah, and that's that's just a big bump, and that's why I don't. Every, everything of Midworld that we've seen in the trailers mm-hmm. feels like it's like kind of narrated by it's like establishing shots over narration for Roland yeah as opposed to like actual actually being there yeah we don't see Roland in Tull or right. anything or we don't see right. him talking to Brown the the dude yeah um the the old farm guy which I think it would it would be awesome if they have that scene in there that would be yeah. kind of cool if it was Stephen King oh uh, yeah that'd be kind of cool. cool but anyway um yeah, we don't have any of that, or, or that's likely not going to be in the movie, which is is a bummer. Um, like the first book is a hundred percent a western. Yeah, and this does not have, from what I've seen, has almost no western feel to it, other than Roland being in a west in western garb. Right. It just doesn't really. Yeah, and there are certain things in the trailer that I've seen and and pieces that I've picked up that are a little. Concer- my my main concern, uh, like okay, my first point is that it has to start with Men in Black Flight Across the Desert and the Gunslinger followed, and we need to see the Horn of Eld. That's the opening shot. There's no other way to do it in my head. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, that's the way it does. I'd love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, my second point is that I know that we'll see it, but. I really, really, really do not want Roland to make it to like I don't want him to be in at the Dark Tower. I think I don't want him oh, to yeah. anywhere near. Like I want it to be a journey. Yeah. Um, which the the trailers are kind of concerning to me, mm-hmm. and like some of the set pieces and stuff, and some of the things that I've read about is like things that like places in the series that are like late in the like close to. The, uh, uh, Cancan O'Ray. Uh-huh, like yeah. I haven't seen that. Like I haven't seen that 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 is going to be a location or anything. That would be concerning to me. Mm-hmm. But like some of the imagery in the trailers make me think like it's you know there are visions of the tower falling and everything. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's you know that's going to be that's not going to be the case in the movie. But I'm hoping that that's not like they get to it and he's and the Man in Black is is about to destroy it. And then he stops, he stops them. They palaver. And then he transports him to the Western sea. Mm-hmm. Like I could see it being like that, but yeah. which brings me to my third point. <laughs> um, I really like as, as fiercely as I want that opening scene to be the way that I described, I really, really want the end of the movie to be Roland um, alone because I, th- I do think Jake is going to die. Um, okay. I, I do hope for that. And I, I think, and I hope that the end of the movie is going to be the confrontation with Walter that they're going to have their palaver. I mean, they'll do movie action shit, Yeah, but they'll have their palaver because in going back to what I was saying about reading the book series, reading the gunslinger, I remember specifically where I was when I finished the gunslinger. Um, I was at work on the first floor <laughs> In the bathroom, <laughs> in that little bathroom near the control room, if you remember. Uh-huh. Um, yep, by inventory. And I was sitting there on the toilet, and I was reading it, and like just the the imagery of of their palaver of of the man in black yeah. telling him, like doing the tarot cards, and telling him like all of these things, and then like the description of 
basically the entire universe boiled down to a blade of grass, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing to think now because it's, you know, like at the time I didn't know this, but like it's obviously like, you know, I don't know if, how intentional it is, but it's, you know, kind of twin uh, or it's kind of uh, mirrored by like the rose right. and everything. It's kind of like the rose is like the tower's tether to that world. Exactly. Right. And like his description, even in the gunslinger is that, you know, the, boiling it down to, to that. But anyway, just the imagery of that was so amazing and, and evocative and, and just really just an explosion of just stimulus and imagery imagery yeah. in a, in a book that had been kind of a dry Western kind of yeah. thing. It yeah. was just, it was, it was a perfect kind of ending to that, to that book because it's, it gives a taste of what's to come and it gives a taste of how just, insane the series becomes Mm -hmm. um so my hope is that they do that they stay truthful to that and everything and then i really want the last scene of the movie to be uh roland waking up in the west at the western sea uh walking around um he comes to he sees a door oh i don't know if he would see a door well for purposes of this of this thing he would see a door in the distance and then he would hear the data chick, data chum, and mm-hmm. then fade to black and then fade back into an airplane and like an announcement over the, over the PA. Um, and then kind of slowly like, like uh tracking shot through the, through the plane in the back you see. And in my head, I would fucking love it if it's Aaron Paul yeah, just sitting there nervously, like, like looking for like he wants a fix or something. And yeah. then, and then that's the, like, I will lose my fucking mind. Yeah. Like, especially with Aaron Paul. Oh my God. Like yeah. that, that would be such an amazing way to end this movie. Mm-hmm. And like, like thinking of that and wanting that so much, like, like that ending in my head, like I'm going to be mad. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm, I've, I've set myself up for disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Aaron Paul as Eddie Dean is the mm-hmm. only character the only only character that I've had the same vision for the entire time I've been introduced to the Dark Tower. Yeah. Like who I've envisioned as Roland has changed, Jake and mm-hmm. uh uh Susanna. Like it's it's changed between different actors and different people and mm-hmm. like I think of Idris Elba as Roland now as I yeah. as I've been reading it. Like mm-hmm. since they announced that, I've loved that and Oddly enough, I, I haven't been. Really? Yeah, I've been actively like just trying not to picture in, like Matthew McConaughey or really uh, or or Idris Elba okay. or Tom Holland or not Tom Holland but uh, Tom Taylor. Yeah, I'm confused with Spider Man. But um, it's been Aaron yeah. Paul from the first page. Oh yeah, of, of Eddie and up till now, it's mm-hmm. been Aaron Paul, and I like I'll, I'll be a little disappointed if they don't cast him yeah and it's so perfect because he is a stephen king fan he's a huge fan of the dark tower yeah Yeah. like and he had meetings with ron howard right and like he's been tweeting about it like to see him tweet at like the day that the trailer dropped to see him tweet at idris elba and matthew mcconaughey just saying like i can't wait for this and i'm so excited like seeing that and not as like a oh i'm i'm part of the movie but just as i'm a fan of this yeah it's just like it's mine like it's so close it's so close to exactly what i want yeah um (sighs) oh my god yeah do you have any thoughts on how you think the movie should end um 
Yeah, I, 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 I want, I want Jake to die. I want, I want that there are other worlds than these. I, mm-hmm. I want that. Um, I've, my dad hates the, me. and My dad have spent a lot of time talking about Stephen King, mm-hmm. and he hates the fact that he's always killing kids. <laughs> He kills kids. He loves it. I swear to God. He really does. He kills kids all the time, and my dad hates it. And I, I for whatever reason, I love it because yeah. it's such a – it's so shocking. Mm-hmm. It has so much shock value. I actually thought about that. Like I thought about you and your dad like yeah. mentioned like that uh, because when I started it, like the first the first chapter of it is Georgie dying. Yeah. It's like yep. – I, and I thought of that, and I kind of chuckled to myself and – it's <laughs> Cujo Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Gunslinger. Yeah, um, Gunslinger. I know uh, there's other ones. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, uh, Salem's Lot. Oh yeah. A couple kids dying. Yeah. That, I think. Yeah. He loves to kill kids. Then, like you know, Wolves of the Kala, a bunch of kids get yeah. abducted yeah. and their brains drained. Yep. Um, but he has a lot of child heroes as well. He does. So. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited because, as I said, I started reading. It or started listening to it, which I I don't even remember if we were recording when I said this, but seriously, Stephen Weber, wow, Stephen Weber, uh, narrating it is like it's the pinnacle of audiobook That's narration. Awesome. That's I, I bet that I've be heard so far. That's cool. It's it's unbelievable, and like yeah. I was listening to it last night, and like the first the first page that Pennywise comes up and he's talking to Georgie, um, like. Just the change in register of Stephen Weber's voice when he, when he does Pennywise's voice, it's like it's chilling. It's so chilling, and I yeah, love nice. it. That's awesome. Yeah, but anyway, um, having said that, I'm really excited to meet the Losers Club. Yes. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So did you did you say how you wanted the Dark Tower or the Dark Tower to end? I mean, I, I really like the whole the whole. Oh, uh, Jake dying. Go then. There are other worlds in these. Mm-hmm. Um. That that's like one of those lines that just has to be in there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jake dying. Like I, I want to see that. And I yeah. hope that's the, that's kind of the climax of it. I hope. And then for the, the denouement or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the true ending, I, something akin to what you just described. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see some references, at least some references to the cotet. Yeah. Um, maybe he wakes up on the beach and he pulls a tarot card out of his pocket and it's the prisoner. Yeah. Something like cool. that. Um, I'd like to see something like that. I'd like to, I, I hope even if they aren't thinking this way, I hope the filmmakers were like, we're totally throwing the ending at us with the intention of having a sequel. Like we're totally going to build a, you know, and that's, that's the tightrope that they're walking. I yeah. think is that they're making this as kind of it, they're by design. They're making it as a, as a fairly standalone movie, but right. it's fully intended to be an introduction to the universe and, and right. fully intended to be, and a full series and everything. And for that reason, I'm thinking we might, you know, we probably won't get something akin to what we just described. I, I'm, I'm worried that yeah. that might not happen because they want to put a put a bow on the end of it because mm-hmm. it, there's a chance, good chance it could be a standalone movie and there won't be any sequels. So. Yeah, and that's that's my biggest fear is that we this will be the only thing. Yeah. And like all I think is that, um, like so many different fandoms, so many different things, so many people have are so in love with things and pop culture and everything. And so many of them get what they want. Yes. Harry Potter, (laughs) star Wars, (laughs) Lord of the Rings. Um, every Marvel thing now, every Marvel thing, even DC, um, every corner of pop culture has their thing. Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Um, 
like everyone has their thing. Let us have this. Yes. Please. <laughs> please do. That's why I keep saying, please go see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> please give them your money. Please. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, I think that that would be, if, if it turns out the way that I, the way that I hope for, hope for, um, I think that would position it really well into putting it into, into, a, uh, making it into a franchise. Cause like, if they end the way that I want it to, that hints at the quartet, that hints at, you know, the drawing of the three, essentially. And then they've already said that the TV series would be a pretty close adaptation of Wizard and Glass. Mm -hmm. So you would have an entire season of TV that's Roland's backstory and Roland's Roland's first quartet and his first love and everything. And that gives you the context of, of Midworld and everything. And then presumably the second book or the second movie could be drawing of the three, even though I've always said that drawing of the three should be a TV season um, yeah. with the way it's structured. But, and of course we need to talk, I don't even want to joke about this because we've been doing so well about it, but when you talk about how, how terrible it is that Roland is black and, and it's <laughs> ter it's terrible for the, it's <sighs> how important it is for race to be his race to be white for uh, how do they describe it? How do the racists describe it? They say it's so pivotal to uh, a his relationship with another character. It's fifteen percent of one of the books. Yes, out of that's seven exactly books. what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, like the whole. In oh my god, it's like five percent of the whole series. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like, and it it makes me really angry when people say like, "Well, what about the uh, Deda Odetta thing?" in drawing of the three and they don't phrase it like that. They say exactly what I said. They say it's pivotal to like race is a pivotal part of one of his, one of the relationships with one of the main characters. It's like, no, as soon as she's drawn, as soon as Susanna is drawn out, race is not an issue. Like they're right. fully fledged out, fleshed out characters. And I mean, it's just as easy for her to call Eddie, uh, honk my and call Roland and uncle Tom. Like right. it's, that's just as easy as, as exactly. just her being, her being, you know, and also she's, you know, she's crazy. So, I mean, yeah. she could see Roland as white yeah. or something. It's, it's not just, even a difficult workaround. Like you just said, not. and e even so there's going to be so many other things that people like that mm -hmm. will be pissed off that they left yeah. out. I think we can oh, yeah. forgive this one little thing. Right. Yeah, uh, it just I, it, racism has to be the primary, or yeah. prejudice at the very least has to right. be the primary motivator behind that outcry. Yeah, and it is abs like it's racism. It's yeah. that's what it is. It's right. like you can't like I I don't care. And that's I've said this before for the last several months, probably the last year. It's just it's so it angers me so much that uh you know this is like our favorite thing, and I'm seeing people respond to it in in outcry over race and it's like i don't i i put the dark tower to a higher mm -hmm. you know standard than and i hope that i would hope that the fans would be of a higher standard yeah and you know when i was reading the books i was never like really struggling with or like really toning over how i you know my mind's eye picture of roland mm -hmm. i just didn't really care that much yeah i just like i just don't really care what he looks like and like at one point javier bardem mm -hmm. was attached like he was like signed on to play him and i was like yeah that's cool i like Harvey. he'll be awesome i like oh, that yeah. i like that choice um and then russell crowe for a while and mm -hmm. Viggo mortensen there are all these people like yeah those are good choices i like that mm -hmm. 
But until they announced Idris Elba, I was just kind of middling. I was just like, okay, yeah, that's cool. I like that. That's a good choice. Mm-hmm. But when they announced Idris Elba, I was like, fuck yeah, because yeah. I never pictured Idris Elba. Right. Which maybe I'm racist because I never pictured any black actors <laughs> in their role at all whatsoever. <laughs> to be but, fair, Stephen King does specifically like call attention to the fact that it's yes. basically Clint Eastwood. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And so, but I got so much more excited when it oh, was yeah. Idris Elba because like, that's not what I was, it's so, that's so different mm-hmm. from what I was picturing. And I, I liked being surprised by that. Oh yeah. Plus I fucking love Idris Elba. Oh, me too. I me mean, too. So, uh, yeah, I just, it's, I'm just, I'm bummed that people are that, that critical of it. And I, I hope that's all put to rest on Friday. Same <laughs> Thursday night here. Oh yeah. Oh nice. You don't have to freaking hear about it anymore. Oh my god, I know. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Tony's officially on board for seeing the movie Saturday. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to see it with us? I might be able to. I might. Seriously? Maybe. Oh, it's at five. It's a five fifteen showing. Okay. I'll make an event page. Okay. Uh, <laughs> For now, I'll say maybe. Okay, sweet. It's going to be at Castleton in the Dolby Theater. Okay. By the way, we should hammer this down while we're recording because, you know, obviously this makes for good radio. Do you want me to drive us to the theater? Yeah, that's fine. See it? Okay. Sure. Okay, good. Sure. And then, of course, we'll Facebook Live in the lobby. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh, my God. It's going to happen. It's that's so fine. close. It's so fucking close. <laughs> um, it's funny because I was looking through um, some files in my in my podcast hard drive um, the hard drive, the external hard drive I have just for podcast files. Um, and I found a clip from 2013, uh, from basically, uh, like I, I think, uh, I think I said something to Mike about how I was going to read, read the dark tower series again. Mm-hmm. Only took me four years to do it, but whatever. Um, and then like, like it's just a back and forth about how like, oh yeah, Dark Tower is amazing and stuff. And then he's like, wow, okay, okay. Um, he's just like the whole series. I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. And it's just like such a like thing. And now, now that I'm getting into audiobooks and stuff, like I feel like I could listen to it like at least like in a two year frequency. Really? Yeah. Nice. Cause it's so great. It really is. Yeah. I want to like uh dive into the comics hardcore. Mm-hmm. I have like more than half of the ones that have been released, but mm-hmm. I'd like to get caught up on them and yeah. just like really like linger on the artwork and yeah, because I kind of when I first I've only read through the comics that I have once, mm-hmm. and I kind of rushed through them because I wanted to like. I wanted to like read the story. Yeah. I'm not a very good comic book reader because I just want to sure. like, I don't, I don't appreciate the art as much as right. I should. Not that I don't appreciate it. It's just I don't, I don't sit there and drink it in. Yeah. Really. I it's just, it's not kinda, a medium that you're accustomed to right. going through. Right. So I just kind of read the, uh, the text blurbs, mm-hmm. if you will, and just kind of turn the page. And it's, it's a flaw of mine as a reader. I need to sure. sit there and take my time with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to, flip through the i'm hoping i'll have time at some point before the movie friday mm-hmm. to flip through the concordance oh yeah and just like I refresh the, the characters and mm-hmm. yeah yeah i've been listening to the stephen king cast uh his reviews of wizarding or uh not wizarding glass but um Wolves of the Kala. Okay. Um, and up next, I have Song of Susanna and The Dark Tower. I'm hoping to get those listened to by Friday, but I, I, I won't. Yeah. I won't be able to. Yeah. Um, plus, I'm reading the comics, too, because like I said, I have all of the Gunslinger Born, I think. And I keep thinking, 
that like, okay, I have the Gunslinger Born, but they're all in hardback uh, volumes. So there's like six of them. Mm-hmm. And they have that really nice Gunslinger Born omnibus yeah. collection. And I have the Dark Tower omnibus, which is the second series that they came out with. Nice. And it's like on my shelf, it's like, it's like six individual ones and then the <laughs> omnibus. And I'm like... I could replace that, but I'm like, I can't, I can't justify spending yeah. 90 bucks right. on something I literally already own. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. yeah. Plus if I, if I pull the trigger on getting these dark tower tattoos, I do you think I should. I think you should. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, dude, it's, it's scary. It's going to hurt. <laughs> I'm going to cry. It's it's really not bad. Yeah. I figured as much. Especially like, if it's just your arm or something. Yeah. And like, and I'm, I'm not uh, like, I'm genuinely not afraid of it. Cause I mean, I, yeah. I go, I'll get my blood drawn and stuff. And right. I'll get, I'll get vaccinated and get the autism um <laughs> the fear probably, of tattooing is worse than the actual tattooing yeah i'll put it that way in my experience yeah i talk like i'm a tatted up biker like i have one right. tiny little tattoo but, um in my head i'm just thinking that i'll jerk and then it'll it'll slip my wrist and then i'll die that's a possibility yeah it's not no, i didn't think so not. but i was thinking with the left one because like the image like the old sigil uh-huh. has uh the only one I could find was black, mm-hmm. but I want to make it kind of blue. Okay. So kind of the dichotomy of the left side being black and then the right side, or the left side being blue, so like that, and uh-huh. the red side being the eye and right. being red. Blue and red, yeah. Blue and red. That'd be cool. Yeah. Plus, that's the color of Roland's eyes. Exactly. Blue, so, yeah. The blue bombardier eyes. Bombardier <laughs> eyes, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> we're dorks. We uh, this is, we knew this is what this was going to be. That was yeah. nerding out. Oh yeah, there's going to be people sitting here like, did they just say ka or is it ta? Right or va? What is it? Is it like <laughs> zer and zay? And what is it? <laughs> oh my god, is that a new gender pronoun? What? Oh <laughs> uh, god, I uh, I can't fucking wait. I know. And it's like everything. This week so far, everything has been in terms of the Dark Tower. Like, it's been like, mm-hmm. I heard someone reference Wednesday just in passing, and I was like, oh, that's the day that critics are going to be seeing the movie. <laughs> like, that's, that's when that is. That's um, hilarious. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I might, I might be seeing it Sunday, too. Wow. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'll need to confirm that. But Yeah. Yeah. Well, should right. we put a bow on this? I think we should. Um, yes, uh, real quick on the spot as we're wrapping up favorite book in the series, favorite book and favorite moment. Uh, drawing a three is favorite book, favorite moment. Good God. Um, favorite moment is probably there's, there's twice in the series where the Ka-Tek kind of breaks. Mm-hmm. And there's twice where they have a reunion. So, oh, yeah. the second one is the more popular, which you were referring to earlier with your favorite illustration. Mm-hmm. But I think my favorite is actually the first one when they reconvene as they are getting to ready, getting ready to board uh, Blaine the Mono. Yes. And Lud. Mm-hmm. When they all get back together. Because... I, I think the whole part where Jake is taken by Basher mm-hmm. and goes Gasher. And, meet, Gasher, mm-hmm. uh, and meets um, TikTok, TikTok man. man and yeah. stuff like that. And like, there's all these references to him being raped. Yeah. Like, that's just super dark and scary. Yeah. And, and Lud is just disgusting and just, mm-hmm. ugh, um, awful. And just them getting together and like 
I don't know. I just, I really liked that moment. Mm-hmm. Like they're meeting on the, the, the boarding area for mm-hmm. Blaine, the mono. Yeah. Um, I just dug that part. That's one of my favorites. Definitely. Nice. That's a, that's just the one that kind of comes to mind. There may be another one that I mm-hmm. like more than that. Um, nice. What about you? Oh, favorite book. You know, I, I almost want to say Wizarding Glass. Really? Yes. That's because that might be my second or third. It's, it's so great. Like I, for the longest time, it was, uh, it was the drawing of the three. Mm-hmm. Let me see how I have it ranked <laughs> in my list here. <laughs> um, oh, holy shit. Actually, maybe the Wastelands is my favorite. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that when I re-listened to it or re-read it, um, I put it at, at the top because Wastelands has, it's, it's probably, it's arguably the most, okay, okay, so the first book is the introduction of, of Roland Deschain and Jake and the Man in Black, Man in Black, and the journey. And then the second book is, like god this this might be one of my favorite parts of the whole series is just him losing his fingers yeah because like the balls on Stephen King to in the opening pages of the second book in a series of like with with a like masterful like gun gunsman or gunshot person <laughs> gunner gun gunslinger gunslinger um um, to have him be almost mortally wounded in the opening mm-hmm. ma- pages by some weird lobster monster. Yeah. It's like, that is so awesome. Ballsy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, so the second book is all about basically Roland surviving and meeting, you know, his quartet mm-hmm. and everything and drawing them. Um, and then the wastelands is this interesting cross section where the first half is essentially, them getting Jake back and pulling mm-hmm. him into back in the mid world and completing the quartet and everything. And then the second half is, uh, basically the race to, to get to Blaine the mono and get to get to out of Lud in it essentially before, you know, everything's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the wastelands, that's like the first, the first time where we really get like a lot, like a, a huge amount of lore into Midworld and yeah. and Roland's journey. We, I mean, Shardik is in it, so we learn all about the beams and mm-hmm. and the guardians of the beams. And it's the most it's the most Midworld heavy fantasy story. That's that's uh is more of what the Dark Tower is like to me mm-hmm. than than later on because like because Wolves of the Kala is almost entirely in Midworld but it's 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 a Western town it's like mm-hmm. I, when I was re-listening to it I just pictured um one of the one of the places in Red Dead Redemption and yeah. like that was a perfect like it looked exactly like it in my head <laughs> um and then also Wizard and Glass is kind of the same way it's it's a Western kind of kind of thing with, with different, uh, different things here and there. But, uh, the wastelands is like the most like post-apocalyptic wasteland, uh, Western fantasy sci-fi melding. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that might be why it's my favorite, but I mean, it's, I mean, if I were to say my top three, they would all be the exact same level of enjoyment. Yeah. Uh, my favorite moment Honestly, uh, I can't pick one. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, 
let's see. I kind eh, I don't want to say I don't want to say the ending, even though I think that that is like I think that that is the most brilliant ending I that agree. he could have made up that he could have done. I agree. And like, oh my god, the the kind of slow realization of Roland when he says like, "No, please have mercy" or something, um, as he's getting sucked through the door and and back to the Mohane Desert. I'm just like, this this is like this is the like perfect and maybe only way that this could have ended for that character. Mm-hmm. And it's just so beautiful and, and wonderful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also Eddie getting shot is amazing and, and heartbreaking and sad. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like there was, some, there's something that should stand out, um, as my absolute favorite, but I don't know anything with the Katet. Yeah. Together and everything. Totally. Yeah. The shootout in Tull in the first book. Oh, yeah. I had like, I just had such a cool vision of that as mm. I was reading it for the first time. Nice. Just like a it's total action scene. Mm. But I just had a, a really cool, uh, vision for it. Yeah. It kind of, you know, it kind, and I think I might have made, whoa, I think I actually made this comparison when we talked about this movie on the podcast, uh, couple years ago but it reminds me like in my head of like the church scene from kingsman let's see yes Service. yes yeah very similar yeah because yep. it's very it's very style like it's our first like like uh in like our first indication of just how how deadly he is with his guns right and it's like an action movie moment but it's like they're all fairly you know i mean they're kind of they're uh zombie-esque people and right, stuff right. and they're con- being controlled but it's like it just reminds me of of kingsman or mm-hmm. kingsman reminds me of that yes totally but yeah um yeah so i want to listen to more of it so i'm going to kick you out of my apartment awesome no problem i yeah. i support that yes decision. okay so yeah so eight o'clock friday yep. i'll probably pick you up at like I get off work at six, so I'll be over there at like six ten, <laughs> and then we can go. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Are you gonna want to get food or something? We can. Yeah. Before or totally. after? Let's do after. After. Okay. After. Okay. Okay. It won't be too late because the movie is ninety five minutes long. Yeah. But it's a lean ninety five minutes. It I'm is. Sure. It's. Yeah. Still plenty of meat on the bone. Yeah. 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 It'll be fine. It'll be great. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. So yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, that's it for us. <laughs> long days and pleasant nights. Long days and pleasant nights. And, uh, yeah. May you have twice the number. Twice the number. All that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Goodbye, guys. Please go see The Dark Tower. Please do. Please, even if, even if it's out on video now, just go buy it. Go please. buy it, yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Tower Junkies, a Dark Tower podcast presented by ObsessiveViewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at TowerJunkiesPod.com, and you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can find ways to do that at TowerJunkiesPod.com slash donate, or become a patron for Obsessive Viewer at Patreon.com slash ObsessiveViewer, for recurring donations with different reward tiers. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. You can contact us by emailing us at matt at obsessiveviewer.com or by tweeting us at Tower Junkies Pod or at Obsessive Viewer and at Obsessive Tiny. 
You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash towerjunkiespod. For more podcast content from obsessiveviewer.com, check out Anthology, my solo side project podcast where I'm reviewing The Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer and exploring other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology television shows. You can find Anthology at anthologypod.com and anywhere podcasts are found. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the app of your choice. Once again, thank you for listening to Tower Junkies, and we'll see you next time.